Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Supercoach Edge for the round 15 review and round 16 preview. Well, we made it. We weathered the storm and have made it out the other side. The buys are over and it's all smooth sailing from here. Well, we can hope at least. As always, there were some villains and some saviors. And uh, there was one for me, a savior. Uh, there was actually a couple. One by the name of MJ, not Michael Jackson. MJ, he knows who he is. And, uh, and also Seamus. Our, uh, our 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 favourite Seamus, the uh, we we were on the bandwagon before everyone else, just through the exactly. uh, AFL select card collecting that we're uh, we're into. Exactly. Even though we laughed at uh, we're like who's like Seamus? Now we know who he is. He's he's the saviour. But Liam, how did you pull up? How'd you go? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Pretty happy if you could say that. Yeah. Uh, I my team definitely had those heroes and the villains, both you know the highs of of Errol with his one sixty four and the lows oh, of. Glorious. Marrick 16 and Chesser oh. 11. Oh. Does it even I, count as having 18 if you have scores like that? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm discounting, like we'll go into our teams in a moment, of course, but I'm actually discounting Marrick in my team. And even though I had 17, I'm calling it that I've had 16 because Marrick 16 just doesn't count, surely. Yeah. But I, I did have to laugh as well that uh, when it was the Sunday teams were announced, and Chesser was announced as a sub, and you were like, "Yes." What did you say? He's gonna he's gonna end up scoring a negative. Yeah, I was like, "Watch him score like negative three or something." Like, oh, it was close enough to it. You went went far off. Eleven, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. It's like his highest score considering he was the sub still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think he came on yeah. at a different. Uh, sorry, at a um, at a decent time of the game as well. Came in like half time, I think, just before oh, half time, just after or something. 
<laughs> we were, oh, duh. Yeah. <sighs> well, like, I can't complain though. Like, Marek, poor bloke. Like, baptism of fire. Starved like, imagine. Of, yeah. Opportunity starved of like mm. just any any side of the footy. Like, that's no man's land being camped in, in West Coast forward line. Gee whiz. What a baptism of fire for the poor bloke in his second game. But oh well. But I, I do feel as though we deserve a t shirt that says, I survived the buyers in the front. Like that'd be uh, maybe that's yeah. something we'll uh, produce in the line of merch mm. uh, for next season. Perhaps uh, might might be quite popular. But um, of course, if you're not following us on socials, where we post the latest news, post match Supercoach scores, and the odd meme or two, you can do so via on Twitter at Supercoach underscore Edge at DemoJ88. You can find Liam at Liam Evans underscore ninety five on Facebook, Insta, and TikTok. Just search Supercoach Edge, and you'll find us there. Well, Liam. Let's jump straight into it by kicking things off with our usual recap in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yes, uh, in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, we roll through some of the uh, the more notable and the more forgettable performances across the round. And we touch on how our own teams are formed in our own head-to-head rivalry. So we wrestle for ultimate. I love how I say this every time. We must be wrestle for <laughs> ultimate supremacy. It's not not much of a wrestle going on. It's more of a like punching bag situation. <laughs> uh, punching bag. <laughs> just getting pummeled. But, uh, yeah, pretty much with no arms and no legs to protect myself. Um, You're one of like, like those dummies. Yeah, one of those dummies, those karate dummies, is just <laughs> the head and the torso. <laughs> I feel like at this stage, though, I'm like you know Monty Python when there's the. There's that night, and he's just like, he's his, his like, chopped off. Tears but a scratch. Oh, I don't know, eh? Look, you stupid bastard! You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look, it's just a flesh wound. That's me right now. <laughs> I was like, keep coming, keep coming up. We've got no arms, we've got no legs. But I'm like, I'll bite you to death. <laughs> you're gonna kick me you're gonna kick me yeah you're just a torso and a head now i think pretty you're much. a torso and a head long ago yeah but uh much. to your credit you're still going you're still going strong <laughs> yeah well uh, <laughs> no 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 because no. <laughs> <laughs> then we won't have the fun going here on out so we're gonna keep you alive um let's start <laughs> off with the good of course and we can't look any further than our boy well your boy liam mm, errol golden we called it last week. It was bound to happen. Actually, two weeks ago, I reckon, where he had the downer game and it was reminiscent of earlier in the season when he had a down game. Everyone Some people were trading him out. out. Yeah, why? We called it then. We said he's going to bounce back. And what happened? He bounced back again. Not just the previous week, but he went absolutely bananas this week. So mm. he had 32 disposals, three goals, five tackles, and 164 super coach points. And he led the way, albeit against poor opposition, of course. But... Can't discount that. Like you, you can only, you know, dish out it up against the opposition that say uh, you're facing yeah. on the given week. So, I mean, what a week to pull it through really, um, you know, in the, in the bye week of all things where we just yeah. needed him to pull through and he did. So we're uh, happy with that. Thank you, Errol. Thank you, Errol. Thank you. What a gun. Uh, onto the bad. Uh, Jared Witts it was actually a bit of a weird round for, I think the bad. There wasn't too many without, I, I don't want to be harsh and put in, rookies like i always feel bad yeah. putting in like a first year player um so i try and avoid them in this section so yeah. you know what wits you're not a first year player you're like 100 years old yep, you can you can take it you're yep. big and big enough so <laughs> he dropped his lower score for the season as well with an 83 and that is not what you want from your r2 especially in a week where so many people were struggling to field 
16 or 17. Uh, I'll give him a pass, though. I think that's why he sits in the bad. We'll give him a pass. Um, Hawthorne are tough oppositions uh, for Rucks to score against. So hopefully he can bounce back this week for any owners. Um, but, yeah, poor score. Not not good. Not good in a – you don't want any bad scores in a bye week. Yeah. Of all things, like especially primos, like I reckon yeah. I was pretty uh, lucky in terms of the primos. Yeah, likewise. Um, actually scored pretty well. Uh, even even guys like Seamus and uh, MJ, as I said at the start of the show, that they yeah. pulled through. Um, so, but yeah, with the primos, like it's to be expected. Like, come on, pull your weight. What are you doing? Yeah, pull will be tough. Anyway, uh, let's move on and round it out with the ugly, of course. And it is probably one from left field, but one that is warranted. And uh, a lot of people listening and tuning in right now uh, will be in a grant, especially those owners of Clary. Yeah. So D's Medicos, you are in the ugly. Fair income. This has been a long time coming, I think, but this is beyond a joke now. But yeah. the bigger joke is remembering back to when it was first reported that he uh, had the hamstring complaint and he actually trained that following week. But not only that, remember he actually played at the remainder of that mm. match with the reported hamstring niggle. And now fast forward six weeks later and he's been out for that duration. Although I must admit, like, you know, a portion of that was due to the the infected blister, if you want to call it that. But uh, the Medico's <laughs> lack of transparency is As an opposed absolute... to what? What else are no, we no, no, I'm call getting it? to it. I'm getting okay. to it now. Hold on. But the Medico's <laughs> lack of transparency is an absolute shitstorm. And I do say, you know, infected blister because I'm referring to those rumors that we've been seeing circulating on socials okay. where people are suggesting that Clary might be up to some mischief, um, which... Just, just isn't fair on poor Clary, but no. you've got to again. If I was Clary, I'd be so pissed off with the medicos because it's kind of like it's off the back of your lack of transparency that people mm. are making up shit because it's it seems unbelievable at this stage now that his hammy is that bad when it was reported initially that it he might not even like miss a week originally and now it's yeah. six weeks on to play out the game as well yeah. and then train like he's trained multiple times yeah over this period I don't know it's all just a bit weird it's all a bit weird. Yeah. Mm, not that I'm not up. that I've suggested the rumors are true, but just it's just it's bizarre. It's honestly bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. A one week yeah. hamstring has really turned into a a six weeker. But if you, we're not gonna we're not going to, to delve into these rumors, but uh, if you don't know what we're referring to, just have a look on Twitter. You'll see it. Um it's yeah. talking about off field antics. Virtually we'll just mm. say that. Um which the pink sweaty pig is not into that. He's not into that. He's just into getting down and doing it. He is mud. a his body is his temple. Exactly. He's a clean skin. He's a clean skin. And I can say it firsthand because when I'm chomping down on the, on the hiney and extracting the pig juice, it's as clean and pure. It's organic. As it's organic. He's it is free organic. range. He's a free range pig. And as we always say, free range Grass pig. Grass fed. Grass fed with the pulp. Um, goes down a treat as you're about to take a nice sip of that warm mm. glass of pig juice that you're having right now. Otherwise known as Pepsi Max. Um, but uh, yes, hopefully the pink sweaty pig you- can be gracing our sides once again very soon. Talking about Pepsi Max, do you know who's a, a purveyor of, of Pepsi Max? Our boy, he should be a sponsor of this show. He's going to be a mascot. Yeah, absolutely. Wilmot. Yeah. Good old Wilmot. Yeah, he, um, I had Quite no idea. of Pepsi Max. I loved it. Yeah, because he was interviewed on AFL 360 and, mm. and Robbo was all about it. He like was, he was like <laughs> yeah. a big and shit. He, he, he was like, he's uncovered like gold. He was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> look what I've got here. And he's like, holds up his own can of Pepsi Max. And then Wilmot, like an excited little kid's like, oh my God, wait here. And just like jumps out mid-interview <laughs> to go and get a can out of the fridge. It was it was a classic. It was really good. Ugh. But 
was I was, I was tipping, we were both tipping our caps at him. Like, mm. yeah, I have to get in touch with him because that is the official drink of Supercoach Edge. Yep. Uh, the official unofficial drink because they don't sponsor us, as you probably should. Pepsi Max, we're looking for a sponsor. Um, we'll take it and uh, we'll start referring to any pig juice. But if you do release a lot of pig juice, mm. gee whiz. Um, Look at imagine the royalties. Imagine the royalties from that. Mm. But yeah, um, Supercoach and VR. <laughs> Supports yeah. that. <laughs> I was like, anyway, this is not a big tangent, but yes. Yeah, it has absolutely. But Supercoach's DR has been calling him the Pepsi Max King. And I've been mm. like, I don't understand. Like, is it Max King, Pepsi? Does he like Pepsi? And I didn't even read into the fact that it was Pepsi Max, mm. but now it makes complete sense. But anyway, that is that. Uh, enough with the tangent. <laughs> let's let's get into quickly how our sides performed on the weekend. And uh, I ended up scoring uh, 1,921 and ranking wise. Uh, I I clawed on, I held on, Liam, and I was mm. hoping that I would have kept, and we were discussing over the weekend, of course, um, and I was saying that hopefully I could hold within the top 1,500, and I did. So I ended up, um, I, I slid down 399 spots to now sit 1,472 rank overall. Um, so not too bad considering that. So happy enough. Um, but I guess both of our collected goals were to come out of the buys in mm. better shape than what we went into them with. And for my own team, uh, it looks like I achieved that, albeit slightly. So I'm now ranked 241 spots better off. So it counts. It counts for something. Um, even if you're one spot better than what you were going into the buys, uh, it's a positive. So um, mm. if you sort of look at the buys as a whole, um, that will uh, give you a bit more perspective, I think. As we always say, going to the buys, like don't look at each individual week. Because if you were going to look at like the weekend, for example, I know some teams scored like 1,500, 1,600, yeah. um, and it can get you down. But uh, hopefully you performed well over the four weeks in total. Um, but as for the uh, the score this individual week, I'm pretty happy considering I virtually had to field, like I mentioned earlier, 16 players, but I am discounting, of course, Marek's score of 16. So I did have 17, but I'm going to say that it was 16 off the back of that. But special mention goes to Seamus Mitchell and Matt Johnson, both of whom came out clutch, scoring a 99 and 98 to help prop up my week. Uh, a couple of boom rookies, which uh, which was very, very nice on a bye week. In terms of trades, with my original trade-in target in Clary uh, being out yet again, and of course, I uh, must mention uh, that he's been ruled out again uh, this coming weekend as well as a bit of a tidbit there, which was released mm. a couple of hours ago. But off the back of that, I could no longer hold Sicily. I was looking to potentially hold him, as we discussed in last week's episode, as it would have meant uh, I fielded 16, which would have been then gone down to 15, discounting Marek's score. So I ended up biting the bullet and traded him out for the big tractor, in Petrarca, who delivered the goods as my eventual VC. I whacked on him first up with a 121. My other trade was forward to Merrick, which provided me with 200K in the kit to help my next primo targets. Uh, so hopefully, I think I've got uh, two upgrades to go. So hopefully yeah. I can just go directly to potentially bypassing Oliver, which we will discuss yes. um, in a moment yeah. as the uh, as the hot topic, the talking point of this week, to maybe go for Sicily back again uh, with the excess cash Ooh. plus Briggs. Um, so we'll see how we go there. But Liam, how did you go on the weekend? I scored 1,861, uh, which saw me fall down the ranking slightly, 421 spots to sit 7,370 overall. Um, so I guess now that, you know, as we said, the buys behind us, we can do a bit of a post-mortem and look at uh, 
look at how I fared. I entered the buys ranked 7,432nd. So, you know, I've basically held my spot. Slight, yep. slight climb, slight yeah, you, climb. You climbed, yeah. What sixty-two spots? So that's that's not too bad. Yeah, I'll, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't, I guess for that first week where I dropped almost four K spots, it may have come out a little bit further ahead. I did have one player down that week. Yeah. I think I just had some underperformers as well. Um, but yeah, happy enough that I've I've sort of at least maintained my ranking over the four weeks. But I do want to say, considering that 10 weeks, I looked this up, 10 weeks ago, I was ranked forty in the 46,000s. So to come into seven, you know, sit within seven, the top 7.5K, I'm happy with that. Jeez, you've done really well. Like that's... I've caught it back. I was I was literally half of that uh, that rank. I was 20, almost 23,969. Yeah. So, um Geez, you've you've done better than me, I reckon. Like to, to claw back as well as you have. Let's Pretty see good. if I can keep going. Hoping I can. Yep. I think aim now is top five K. Oh yeah, I reckon I reckon that's achievable. I reckon if go I can higher get top five K. Top one K. Okay. All right. You can do it. If that's I keep how many step. weeks are left? <laughs> uh eight weeks. Eight? Yeah, all right. Eight, eight weeks. weeks. Yeah. All right. Let's do we it. Do let's do it. Easy. <laughs> anyway, now let's have a look at this week particularly. I uh I did manage to field eighteen, though Marrick sixteen, Chess is eleven, and Robertson's thirty three. Could argue I was yeah. down three players, uh, but forgot about Robertson. Yeah, we'll accept that. We'll accept that. I mean, when you got Gould and scoring one sixty four, it it kind of helps. Mm. Other than that, uh, it was actually pretty positive. Ten of my eighteen managed to turn up, with another three of them in the nineties. So pretty happy with with how the team went overall. Um, as I mentioned on last week's episode, I brought in the Riddler, um, was ready to be hurt again, and he didn't hurt me. It's nice. Hmm. Um, I brought in D-Camp, finally, after yes. talking about him all preseason. <laughs> and I brought in Marek uh, at the expense of Sicily, Ford, and Chin Cotter. Uh, so now I've got two spots left to fill, a D6 and an M8. And with a 500,000 in the kitty, I am very ready to go shopping. Go there into the shopping plaza and just, just splurge. Yeah. It could be like, I want one Dawson and one, I don't know. Oh, I actually don't know what else I want yet. So I'll have, I'll have to come one back Dawson. I would have had one Clary, but maybe yep. it might be defective. Yeah, so that was actually my plan. Receipt and, it was Dawson uh, and Clary. Yeah. Oh well, it's going to be defective. Keep the receipt. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it's you, you want something brand new out of the box. I reckon Dawson, especially off the back of that yeah. that big game. Dawson was yeah. Dawson was on the list. I don't know. Maybe we can talk about some options and uh, yes, maybe let's do that. So well, let's round it out by having a look at our head to head. Yes. Even though uh, it's aptly named head to head, it's maybe head to head and torso because you got no limbs, Liam, as you spoke <laughs> of before. <laughs> um. So I went. Ahead, uh, Just 12 head wins jar, now, man. yeah. <laughs> head in a jar, yeah. <laughs> Is that a Futurama? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm 12 wins, you're three, uh, and the differential now is 568. Um, but you made some ground a little bit. You got a win across the buys, is that right? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I got week. one win, I think. Well, uh, let's round it out here by talking about the uh, the hot, hot pie buy challenge, uh, as it's uh, aptly named. 
which we announced uh, a few weeks ago, um, which we were, I guess, you know, putting as a bit of a uh, bit of a bit of a bow on the uh, on the buy period itself across the four buy weeks, with the lowest scorer across all of them awarded with the honor of smashing down not just any hot pie, but the spiciest mm. of hot pies. So um, we do, of course, have a. Where's it from? It's a bakery in. Uh, in Seymour, it's Seymour, what's it yeah. called? I forget the name of it. Uh, Gaffney Pies or yeah, Gaffney, Gaffney Bakehouse yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if they want to sling us uh, a sponsorship as well, <laughs> we'll, we'll get your sample. name right if you if you, if you <laughs> do. <laughs> we might get sponsored by a completely different bakery that, yeah. that shares that incorrect name, perhaps. Um, but uh, I came out victorious with a 228 point differential yes. between us in the end. Uh, so, yeah. Is what it is. I reckon just looking at these bye weeks here. Um, so week three, you you uh, gained seventy three points on me, but apart from that, uh, it wasn't too bad. Two hundred and six was week one. That I reckon that, that killed you. Yeah. That really killed you. Um, so that was that was the the nail in the coffin was the first week. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, but uh, we'll say that um, I guess for the enjoyment, Liam, of uh, the people who tune in to uh, you know the kind folk that tune in mm. either through the podcast or watch us on vodcast. I feel like you need to watch it. I don't think you need to listen to me eating a pie. Exactly. <laughs> so this is, this is catered for those people that are tuning in with their eyes. So it's, it's, yeah. it's although if you're really this... into that, like AMSR stuff, ah. like maybe I can just eat it. <laughs> Sorry. I, I hate hearing people eat. So oh, no. <laughs> just eat it next to the microphone for you. It's like, make it, it's going to make it like really central. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're going to be like smushing your feet into the pie and stuff. It's going to be like really freaky. Um, but uh, for those people it's a tuning in, more sponsorship for us. Well, gee whiz, uh. yeah, sexy land or something might jump on board. <laughs> <laughs> Some weird kink. We're not going to not going to kink shame people here, but um, for those people tuning in, we're going to call it maybe the segment that's for your eyes only, uh, which yeah. makes it seem a little bit explicit as well. But no, it's not explicit. No, it's not ASMR unless you want us want us to to cater it that way. But Maybe uh, for those people tuning in, let us know either via Twitter or in the comments section below on YouTube here, if you'd like to see Liam truly suffer at the hands of the pie. Now, we're, we're at a little bit of a conjecture here. We don't know how hot this pie is. Uh, we've heard uh, numerous, I guess, reports, Reports, yeah, that maybe it's maybe it's super hot. But your tolerance to uh, to heat is yeah. probably next level. So, I'm hoping. I'm hoping I can yeah. survive this. Yeah, but let us let us I'm know in the comments. To it. So this is, is not comments? as much punishment as we all think it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You might just be sitting there enjoying it. We're all just like, oh, okay. Where's the punishment? Yes, might have to uh, do a follow up. Or maybe we can call it the hot pie hot pie by challenge. And if you don't get like overloaded by the heat, maybe we'll just like light a candle underneath you. You have to sit, <laughs> <laughs> and you have to just hover above a hot candle or something. I don't know. And then it can be the hot seat challenge. Yeah. Um. But let us know if you want us to uh to to record this, film it. Uh, pre-recorded, of course, because in case it is super hot, won't be able to complete the podcast. You'd just be sweating up a treat. Also, up. I feel like I'm going to have to go heat up. Like it's it's going to be like that whole. Did yeah. you hear about during the um the Sicily uh, tribunal that one of the one of the tribunal members were like, "Oh, can you just wait? I've got to go check the oven." Like just really? mid mid hearing. Yeah, he was just like, <laughs> "Oh, there's something in the oven," and it's got up and left. That just that just sums up. I reckon we're more professional than what the uh, the tribunal is like. Yeah, what a, what a setup! What an operation! 
But um, anyway, yeah, if we get enough interest from uh, UConn folk, if you're keen to, to see Liam suffer, um, let us know because, yeah, we can easily capture this glorious moment uh, for all of the uh, Supercoach Edge community to enjoy. Yes. So let us know with that. But um, Liam, now is time for us to delve into uh, what's left on the shelves, I guess, in The Price is Right. Show me the money. Yes, for those tuning in for the first time, The Price is Right is uh, where we discuss the potential trades, some trade targets from week to week, or whether a specific player under question should even be traded at all. And I'm ready to go window shopping, Damon, because not mm. even window shopping. I've got I've got my cash, got my credit card. Yep. It's uh it's it's the opposite of maxed out. It's it's I don't know what the opposite of it is. It's mind out. Um <laughs> <laughs> and I'm ready to spend. Ready to spend, yeah. It's like you've just come into like an inheritance yeah. of courtesy of Clary, um, yeah. which is virtually what, and it, Sicily. what it is. And Sicily yeah. as well. These um, two. These two guys. Yeah. So quite the inheritance to uh to inherit anyway, um, for lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I've got 200K in the bank as well. So I'm willing to, we'll go down the shops together and uh, we'll just splurge, max out the credit card, the Supercoach credit card and um, spend to our heart's content. But exactly. um, firstly, let's delve into those players that uh, if you're in need of some cash, who should you be getting rid of? Potentially. So let's uh, jump into it with the first category of going, going, gone. And first up, we have Bailey Humphrey as a mid forward priced at 394.4K, averaging a 63.3 with a break even of 120. And Humphrey B. Bear, he's come crashing down with a score of 34 on the weekend, seeing his price drop by 12.7K. And it really came off the back of a reduction in CBAs, falling from 62% in round 11 to 41% in round 12, and then to just 7% against the Blues, and 0% on the weekend. So he's literally just gone. Just going down. Exponentially. Going down, down, down. And I reckon it's due to like being a first-year player. He's only played a handful of games. Yeah. Surely his fitness is just, he's hitting a wall. Um, played a majority of time up forward as well on the weekend, um, which I thought traditionally the, that was going to be the role that he would have played from the outset. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, in my eyes, there's a regress to uh, to the mean, really, uh, even though that's kind of the first time that he's he's hit these uh, these low points. But um, yeah, I mean, for those owners that have had him, um, yeah, you've, I hope you've enjoyed the uh, the the cash wave and you've, you've rode it well. But um, I think, yeah, just without that opportunity in the midfield, his scoring potential has really dried up and it is going to continue, I think, unless he's been... Um, yeah, I guess given given a week off, come back fresh. Um, but nonetheless, move him on, I think. He's made you 209.6K. So banks that cash. Come shopping with Liam and I, and uh, we'll be just be just spending an upper treat. <laughs> yep. Yep, I agree. Come join us. Join us. At the Supercoach Mall, buying everything. everything. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> grand sale, grand sale. Oh, no. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> <Like your> return. <laughs> hey, Franco. Yeah, we might have to bring him back, actually. For those people that, that are tuning in for the first time this season <laughs> or for the first episode, we're referencing, uh, we we used to have a soundbite with uh, Franco Cozzo. He used to um, introduce this segment. So we might yeah, bring you to, back, maybe. It's a bit of, bit of fun. We've got a bit more time on our hands from here on out, yeah. uh, from week to week, considering there's going to be less and less players to talk about. So we're going to be, I guess, we might have to shop at uh, Franco Cozzo's place and um, yeah. look for those bargains. Yeah. He's been, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been missing. It's been missing, yes, and yeah, has it has it didn't pay missing. the check, didn't pay the check for the the sponsorship. So we've had to 
you know. Yeah, he's gone like... missing. Yeah, he's gone missing. <laughs> Maybe he's a supplier to Arthur Clary. <laughs> Don't know what he's supplying, anyway, but who knows? Anyway. Moving on, moving on. Josh Weddle, next option to uh, punt out of your side, I guess. Uh, defender eligible, 345.5K, averaging 67.8 with a break-even of 81. Now, he has his second lowest score of the season this weekend, which means that he has basically halted his cash gen as his break-even is up to 81. And uh, that's a score that he has only surpassed twice this season. So tough one for him. Can cash him in this week uh, for a nice little profit of 214.7K and obviously net yourself a genuine primo or a genuine keeper. Um, however, on the other hand, you could hold him. His job, secure, his job security should be decent enough um, as cover for your D7 for the rest of the... Um, he scores well enough most of the time, but yeah, I guess mm. it was a rough game on the weekend. Uh, for the Hawks against yeah. the Suns just really took over. Yep. I think the key tools like uh, King and um, what's his name? I was going to call him Lernberger. Um, Lacocious. <laughs> Starts with the same <laughs> the same letter, but completely different player. Uh, you know all about Lernberger, don't you? Oh, yeah. As a Don's man. Um, but yeah, it was, oh, it, was, it was tough going. I think he, he played he played a bit more key position, defensive lockdown type game. Mm. Um, yeah, so definitely think about moving him on. Use him as a bit of a um, a bit of a stepping stone to a to a, a genuine genuine keeper. But uh, yeah. let's move on to on the chopping block. And first up, we have an unfortunate name here for those owners. It is Jeremy Cameron. Uh, he's priced at three ninety five point two k, averaging an eighty seven point six with a break even of a whopping one seventy eight. And for those that jumped on Jezza. This is probably a perfect opportunity to jump back off as unfortunate as it is uh, after he scored a negative three on the weekend after being knocked out by his teammate. He's, Cameron's break even has shot straight up uh, to that 178 and he will miss at least this week. Um, he's got a drop in price as well. Um, and as a key position forward, his scoring just isn't stable enough to be worthy of a selection. And having said that, I'm surprised that a few people actually brought him in. I know the Scottfather did. Um, but if you bring him in as someone like a, you know, off the bench as a bit of an F9 type option, or oh, sorry, yeah. F9, F7, F8 type option. Could um, be a good option in a few weeks. Absolutely, because he could like, drop below what is 300K. One, yeah, 170. Oh, sorry, what is that? Minus, sorry, 178 is his break even. If he goes at his 50 average, what's Supercoach got him projected? Supercoach has got him projected to be sub 300 mm. in two weeks. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It makes you think as well that even though we've got him here as a going sort of on the chopping block, like it's not guaranteed, but um, I think you could potentially, you've kind of like shot yourself in the foot, I reckon, um, just mm. because he's lost 43.6K. Is it worth, I guess, investing in the bank to then upgrade him or sideways trade him? If you can sideways trade him, do you go for someone like a Himmelberg? Do you go for a, you'd have to almost go for that or like a, a, a Ben a Keys, Keys maybe. Yeah. Um, because he's at that lower price point now where you're dipping too much into your bank that might compromise upgrades elsewhere if you still yet to upgrade the rest of your team. Um, but nonetheless, I think, yeah, if, you, if you're looking to offload him, there are a couple of options there to, to look at. But yeah, maybe an opportunity to trade him out uh, whilst he still has value, which is funny enough to stay say. But as we said, he could be priced lower than 300K and could drop another 95 
K over the next couple of weeks. He's in 14% of teams. 14? Yeah. Gee whiz. Those, those 14% obviously don't listen into uh, to our podcast or watch our uh, our vodcast. Wild. Because as we've said all along, do not do not prioritize key position forwards, no matter how good they are. I know we went on a tear early in the season, and I'm hoping that a, a vast majority of those owners came early in the yeah, season. But even then, came then, even then, key position forwards, as you can see now, I mean, discounting the injury game, of course, but he went on a bit after the, the tear of games he went on early in the season, he dropped off dramatically. Um, and yeah, hadn't scored what from round seven to round 11, he hadn't scored a ton at all. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's too much variance in a key position forwards game. So yeah. as we say, that's part of the reason why we suggest that they should be brought in as a bit of a, bit of an F7, because then if they have those, you know, with the high, high variance, high standard deviation in their scores, for those games that they go bananas in, at least you can sort of, you know, hedge your bets off the bench and loopy score on off the bench. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's unfortunate though, nonetheless. Agreed. Uh, let's move on to the next guy on the list. And it is Matty Johnson, mid-eligible, 307.6K, averaging 52.9 with a break-even of 47. Now he finds himself uh, in this section of on the chopping block uh, purely based on his cash gen. And as a stepping stone, he's done his job so you can send him to pasture, bring in a, a genuine keeper um, or, a, or a primo um, if you can afford it. Um, equally, though, he has shown this capable of scoring 90 plus, having done so twice in the last three games. So it could be handy cover on the bench, you know, as an M8, sorry, M9, um, M10 even if you've got a Wardlaw as well. Problem, I guess, there is that he does have the propensity to drop a low score. Um, we've seen 30s even with, you know, full game time. He's probably not quite at the point where he's sort of cemented his spot in the best 22, I want to say. Like, I feel like he's on the outer. Like, yeah. he's probably not the first dropped, but if there's a few poor games, he could be on the the outer yeah, um, and get dropped. like surplus to requirements. Yeah. Like best 18. Like maybe, maybe yeah. he's on the cusp of like being in the, the 22, but not, not best 18. Yeah. Cause looking at his CBAs, he had 11 on the weekend, which was a drop again from his 17 last round and his 42 in round 13. So again, the role isn't necessarily looking super strong for him. Yeah, he uh he actually was just looking at his heat map. I think he played along. He kind of yeah, like was around lot. the ground, but like yeah. maybe as a center, um maybe along yeah. the wing, uh drifted yeah forward and back really. So maybe he was he wasn't there for the stoppages obviously, um in the engine room. But uh, maybe when the when ball was slinging from back and forth, um they were kind of going through him, um through the middle. But yeah, he's yeah. he's such he's such a good uh, isn't he? Just in terms of points per minute, he's really good. Yeah. Yeah, because one one point one two uh, on the week. Actually, sorry, I'm just looking at um, DFS here, and it's gone through for fantasy. But yeah, he's one point one two points per minute um, for Super Coach on the weekend, uh, and he's shown that it previously as well. Round thirteen, one point one nine. So he doesn't need. He's a bit of a tackler as well. So yeah, yeah. So it could be one to hold. Uh, I think it depends on your structure and what. Who else you've got? There might be players like if you've got a Wardlaw, you could argue that he's got stronger jump security, so you can probably rely on him. Use Johnson as a 
as a trade out option. Again, you might want to trade out Weddle instead because I don't know, you've got Mitchell that can cover. Um, yep. and then you can keep Johnson. I think it really comes down to your own structures. Um, but one to one to consider for that option. Yep, I like it. I'm personally uh trying to keep him, I think, a season long cover. And hopefully, uh, now that he's shown a couple of these games now where he can score quite well without the need for having CBAs, um, might be one for a bit of nice cover, but maybe even potentially as a loophole option off the bench, uh, which would be very interesting considering yeah. with a team full of uh, primos in the midfield, um, then have to work out who you, <laughs> you bench. Yeah. But let's move on to the next category of get them in. And uh, topping this list is uh, is the Orson Dawson, uh, Jordan Dawson, Dawson. Uh, He's a defender midfielder priced at 582.1K, averaging a 117.6 with a break-even of 92. And he went absolutely bang on the weekend to show that he still has a ceiling on with a score of 149, posting his biggest score since round seven. And it's been a long time coming because mm. uh, I think round eight was when I brought him in. Um, so it's been a long, long wait for me. Um, but geez, it was good. It was juicy. Um, and coincidentally, that game, was against the pies as well. So uh, yeah. Colin, thank you so much. I'll tip the cap to you, fine folk there, because you've uh, brought him back into form again. And he's currently the second best defender and sixth best scoring midfielder. So if you haven't got him in your side now, now's probably the time to jump on. Uh, he's got North this weekend as well, just as a cherry on top, who he averages a 121.6 against with a lower score of 99. So gee whiz. The stars are aligning. Juice. Everything's coming out. Millhouse, et cetera, et cetera. Juice yeah. um, with the pulp for Dawson. There's a lot of references there. I know um, a lot. <laughs> just to round them all out. Just had to tick the list. <laughs> um, yeah, get him in. Get him in. And imagine what he could have scored if he got that late free kick and oh. shot a goal and kicked it. I could uh, not believe it. Could not believe it. But he actually, he had like a blood nose. He got up and he was like, Showing the umpire, like, mate, I copped a whack in the face. Yeah. This isn't jam from a hot jam donut that I just consumed. <laughs> you know, it's a blood nose. Oh, God. Oh, bless. Chris He's in my sights. He's, he's, he's definitely coming into my side. I just don't know who he's coming in with. Just yeah, okay. Coming in with? At, hand in yeah. hand? Got someone else. Got, I've got enough money for two primos. Oh, jeez. I'd see the, I told you this this is your time. The buyers are your time to shine, but it was at the back end of the buyers. Now you're just gonna bit of a lick the sail and wet sail. And Hopefully. the way the way you come. Into into the top five K. Yeah, um five Moving on to the next on the list, and it is Lukey Ryan, defense, uh, defender eligible for Frio, 521.1K, averaging 101.4 with a break-even of 52. And I have to say, this surprised me. Like, his average and mm. what I'm about to say, he is currently the third-ranked defender in Supercoach for the season. I don't believe it. I When I saw that, I always <laughs> fell off my chair. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, he's got some interesting variability in his scoring. He has highs of the 171 and lows of 83. So I suppose when you look at that, an average of 101.4 probably isn't too surprising. Yeah. Um, it does mean, though, that he has a very stable floor considering he does have lows of 83. His five scores sub 100 read 83, 84, 85, 91, and 93. So actually, it's not too bad. Mm. I'm talking myself into him and I don't want to. Yeah, um, don't do it to me. <laughs> at his price... 
I think it's pretty good value, especially considering that his average is, you know, 101.4. And especially considering that the number two defender, which is Jordan Dawson, comes in at over 60K more. And the number one defender in Dacos is over 86K more. So taking that into consideration, he's coming in at a pretty decent price for for your defend your, your, your D3, essentially. I think though that if you're considering him or Dawson, pay up for Dawson. Um yep. one because he's D2 already. Um, but he comes with the DPP flex. Um, I think sometimes you need to just spend spend yeah. the money. You need to go for the, as I call it, the top shelf. You always got to reach for the top shelf, the the cream of the crop, as uh as Macho Man Randy Savage says as he's pulling little bits of creamer out of his pockets and every which way. But uh, the, the one thing with, uh, with Ryan and I knew it was going to happen on the weekend facing your mob in the Dons who concede quite a few points yeah. to opposition defenders, uh, especially those taking kick-ins like Ryan. So again, I'd like to go through and see those games where he scored bananas, um, a bunch of bananas Um so I guess like round round one against St Kilda, they were conceding quite a few points. I don't know if they still are, but uh, they were early in the season. Like they were the the number one team conceding the most points to opposition defenders. One seventy one, uh, Essendon one forty three. Um, so I reckon he just he's kind of like a flat track bully. I reckon he just match up exploitations. What's their? I don't know what their run home is. Uh, actually, not too bad because they face. Um, well, they got a game against West Coast, so there we go. It's an easy one. Well, you could um, also argue that that's not a good actually because yeah, the ball's not going to be down because they probably never get it down there. Yeah, um, we got Hawthorne in the last game, last round. Um, first up, we'll, we got the Dogs on the weekend, then Carlton, Collingwood, Sydney, Geelong, Brisbane, West Coast, Port, Hawthorne. Um, but I'm I'm not so much of a fan of him just because if you subtract those games or you kind of take into account that they were like, I mean as we said with Marek and whatever, like, and sorry, not with Marek, with, with Golden, like, you know, you can only perform against the sides that you're facing on any, any given week, but I'd like to go through and look at those teams that he's facing and see if there's any other, you know, matchup exploitations that he could have that are favorable. Um, because outside of that, his scoring is okay, but they're not the heights of like a Jordan yeah. Dawson. No, um, no, no, definitely not just because he's like the ceiling of Dawson has happened more regularly. 173, 152, 150, 122, 120, 149. And his lower scores, he's had a, his lower score all year was 78 for Dawson, 89, 92, 95. Um, so he's got a higher floor and a higher ceiling. So I'd be prepared to pay that extra dollar. Yeah, definitely. Um, dollar or 70 K or whatever <laughs> it was um, in order to, to bring in um, Dawson, like you mentioned. So he plays, I'm just looking at play teams he's played already this season. Play Sydney mm. again, who so he plays Western Bulldogs who hasn't played yet, Carlton who hasn't played yet, Collingwood who hasn't played yet. That's in the next three weeks. Then he plays Sydney in round 19. He scored 85 against them earlier in the year. Then he plays Geelong, um, who he scored 84 against earlier in the year. Yep, don't match then up he plays also, Brisbane. Just, just quickly, Sydney and Geelong don't concede many points to defenders. Yeah. Brisbane, 127. He's played against earlier this year. West Coast. Yep. Brisbane don't concede points either. Yeah. West Coast, 105 earlier this West year. West Coast, 
Yeah, designated kickers they don't, but uh, general defenders like Tor yeah. depends how he plays. If he's playing as a lockdown defender, maybe. Yeah. Tor he hasn't played yet, and then Hawthorne, he scored one hundred nine against earlier this year. Yeah, Hawthorne don't concede too many points, and Port Adelaide do a little bit, not much though. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. 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 But yeah, something to look into. That's the next layer of analysis that we go into. Yeah. Really. That's uh, super coach edge, <laughs> but uh, let's move on to the next uh candidate, and it is Liber 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 Liber. Liber. It is Tom mm. Liberatore. Uh, he's priced at 615.6k, averaging a 117.7 with a break even of 102. And despite being 30 plus, Liber just isn't slowing down. He's currently ranked as the 11th best midfielder and has dropped below 100 in score just twice this season with an 1887. He isn't quite a value option uh, at that current price point, but sitting in 9% of teams currently means he's a relatively unique pick, which could help you in the rankings. He's the second for CBAs at the mids at the dogs, which should remain pretty consistent. The only question though is whether he slows down as the season progresses. Just goes against that theory. Mm. Like, you know, like you, you shouldn't really pick older players. Yeah. Like it's just there's normally a correlation that their scoring decreases, obviously, as they they sort of reach thirty, yeah, and go over thirty. So he could be yeah, the one yeah. that uh, joins that that holds hands with Dawson and comes into my scene team this Ooh, week. Oh, I, I did I did have a bit of a I did sense a bit of a glint in the eye there when I mentioned Liber 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 Liber, liber as a bit of a BT one to think about because this this is his is this, best best yeah. averaging year. In his career thus far, like his best one prior to that was 2014, where he scored a one, sorry, where he averaged a 110. So he's in fine fiddle, the old, uh, old liver. And he's just not like looking at his, looking at his recent scores, like the 80 was in round 11 and the 87 was back in round two. Every other score has been above 100. And his fourth lower score was 101. His fifth lower score was 115. So he's got a pretty good ceiling. Like his, sorry, he's tending to hit his ceiling a little bit harder than a lot of other players, which is nice to see. Hmm. Yep, don't mind it. And as a pot as well, pretty good. Mm. Hmm. Mind to consider. Hmm. Now moving on to the next guy, another midfielder, your boy, Damon, Sammy Walsh. Is obviously a midfielder, 514.4K. He is averaging 104.4 for the season with a break even of 96. Now, as an owner, this surprised me a little bit because I feel like I'm constantly shaking my head um, when I see his scores. But of his 10 games this season, he has turned up in all but three with uh, his below 100 scores, reading 93, 92, and 72. Just like one of those things that I feel like I just, as an owner, I just feel like I always remember him going 90 every <laughs> week, but apparently not. Apparently yeah, not. as do I. Haven't really seen that big ceiling from him with his best scores uh, being 130, 117, 117, and 108. But we do know that he is value at his price and is perfect for an M7 or M8 option at this stage of the season. Uh, pretty consistent conformer, a pretty consistent performer who may have hit his traps after the buy, uh, you know, may hit his traps after the buy because he did score that one hundred and eight 
the week before. Um, mm. So one to consider for the run home, especially considering he screams value. Uh, as he comes in 96.5K cheaper in his price tag compared to what he started the season at. So he's he, he's another guy as well that I think I brought in literally at the start of his town, downturn in form. Like he'd scored a few tons early in the season, yeah. brought him in, thought, oh, yeah, safe scoring. Hasn't yet hit his ceiling. But that's kind of the the one frustrating thing is obviously that he's, he's people are going to get him at a, a very, very big discount compared to what I got him at. Yeah. But the key there is he hasn't yet shown his ceiling. So I think the upside that he presents, especially if Carlton can turn around their form somewhat, obviously he uh, did in the week prior, um, albeit against the Suns, but um, plays Hawthorne this weekend as well. Who knows? Uh, might be a nice little springboard to um, to flushing that, uh, that, that high ceiling scoring. Coming off the bye though. Sony concern. Yeah. The curse that is the, the buy this week. The bias. Yeah, it's true. Curse the oh, this year. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't mind him. I think his him at that price is great. Great value. Yeah. And a very consistent scorer. Yep, exactly. As you said, for that M7, M8 spot, you can't uh, do much worse than that, I think. Yeah. Especially at that price point. Uh, but let's move on to the next guy, and it is Zachary Butters. That's me. Um, as a midfielder forward. Priced at 614.4K, averaging a 110.4 with a break even of 138. And since round five, Butters hasn't dropped below a score of 90, notching up seven tons on the way, including highs of 184, 146, and 139. And his high break even means he could wait another week, though he did manage a score of 125 against the Dons earlier this season. So he could definitely go large yet again, um, potentially surpass that uh, that break even. Yep. Could be in for a big one. I'd almost wait a week. I just don't think yeah. you're going to lose. There's not much downside to waiting. Yeah. If he goes absolutely unless, bonkers, like, you can't predict that. Yeah. Unless unless the player that you're trading him, trading out for him, um, has a high break even that may drop in price. Yeah, yeah, of course. Maybe yeah. that's, like, the only reason why you'd go early on him. But, um, yeah, yeah don't, don't mind him. Don't mind him. Yeah, don't mind him at all. Uh, moving on, and another pod option as the season progresses, we just need to include some more pods for people who might have a, a have a little bit of an inkling or a, mm. a taste for them. Yeah, uh, and we mentioned this guy last week, and I'm going to bring him up again because I think he sort of showed us a bit more. He did. Uh, and it is Nick Martin, mid-forward eligible, 569.6K, averaging 94 with a break-even of 66 and he has a three-round average of 130.7 and a five-round average of 119. That means that in terms of his three-round average, he's the third best scoring uh, forward. And as a uh, sorry, and is the sixth best on his five-round average for forwards. So we need to consider, I guess, at this stage of the season, you don't necessarily need to trade in the literal top six. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be looking at players that might finish in the top six from the point of the season where you trade them in. So you want the best six. You want that player to be the best six when, from when you've brought them in. Like Himmelberg Um, last year, potentially. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, So you don't care what, like, you know, like a Walsh, for instance, like is, is unlikely to finish the season as a top eight mid because he missed the first however many rounds, four Mm. or five, whatever it was. Um, and he just won't make the points back. But from that point of the season that he 
you traded him in, he could be a top, you know, eight, ten mid. Um, yep. And that's what you need to consider with with these guys. So that's why you're going to look at him. And I think that's where you're going to think about who you're trading in because it's, the points that they've scored means nothing now. Like it's it's irrelevant to you. It's only the points that they score when they're in your side that are important. Um, at his price, though, I'm going to say probably look elsewhere. Five sixty nine point six k. I think there's some other options um, that present as better value. Um, but if you are looking for a pod, he's not bad. He's I think in like four percent of teams. Um, and I think we spoke about him last week and the drawback um, was that. He had faced, uh, since his, his uptick in scoring, his opposition were sort of depleted or weaker. Um, but at 124 against the Dockers, uh, with Parrish returning as well, I think helped him pass the eye test. Um, so one to consider if you are a purveyor of pods. Mm. Don't uh, don't mind it. I wasn't a believer, I must admit, Liam, when you mentioned him last week, mm. but uh, I'm starting to become a little bit more of a believer now. A believer. Um, a believer. Yeah, different from Libra. Um, but how crazy is it though? Like he's priced only thirteen k cheaper than Jordan Dawson, who's yeah. averaging a one seventeen in comparison to his ninety four. Well, that's also it shows you the value of um of Dawson, but it's just it shows you the quirks of pricing and three round average and stuff. Yeah, five round yeah. averages, all that stuff. Yeah, crazy. Uh, but yeah, he's a, he's a pod to look at if you uh if that is uh I guess your kink. Uh, but let's move on to uh to Darcy Cameron as a ruck forward. Uh, he's priced at four eighty point four k, averaging a ninety six point nine with a break even of seventy eight. And two of his last three scores are now one hundred plus, and he's averaging a one hundred one point three in his last three games. He was in the section last week, of course. And again, if you're in need of a forward, Cameron offers a great option. His DPP adds some great benefit too, especially if you have Madden as your R3. So he does present as a bit of cover, uh, season-long cover uh, for the remainder a good uh, price. of the year. And a very good price. Absolutely. Like he's kind of price a little bit um, since we spoke of him. Um, you know, obviously heading into his buy. If you got him then, you would have got him 16.2K cheaper. Oh, sorry. You would have uh, got him at... Uh, 20k cheaper um round 13 when he went into his buy um so yeah nonetheless he still presents as a fair bit of value so look at him very very closely yeah mm. agreed now let's move on to a new section and we're going to call this guys to consider and these are ones that are potentially pods potentially uh undervalued um Risky options. In terms of price, a bit, but also much more risky options. Yeah. Probably role dependent a lot of these guys, I reckon. Yeah. So it's high risk, high reward, I want to say, with these guys. Mm. Uh, first one is Benny Keys, forward mid eligible, 462.7K, averaging 79.1 with a break even of 105. And he scored 119 on the weekend. And we got another week. Of, of evidence, I want to say, mm. of how his scoring really is impacted by his role in the middle. He had 78% CBAs on the weekend, which was the second equal highest of the mids for the Crows. And we can see a clear correlation. His uptick in CBAs and his uptick in scoring goes hand in hand. Um, if you are looking for a discount option that still presents as a pod, um, Keys is in 4.5% of teams at the minute. Mm, wow. And he has turned up in his last four games. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Yep. Pretty happy yeah, with that. Uh, 
Mm. Risk, obviously, and when we talk about high risk, high reward, he is high risk because he could be played as a tagger. Yeah. And he could be shoveled back into the forward. Yeah, that's the thing. I was I was highly expecting that on the weekend against the Pies, and uh, it didn't really happen. I mean, Dacos played a little bit yeah. in the middle as well, but um, didn't really play much of a lockdown role as what I was thinking. Uh, wasn't a traditional like blanketing role. Um, so I guess there is some positive signs there. Um, coaches have come out and said as well that uh, he's going to be playing predominantly in the midfield from here on out. So I guess that is a good sign, but um, how much can you believe coaches? Um, the one thing with, with keys, I think that I don't like is the fact that he's got a pretty low ceiling. Um, if you look at his scores last year, like he scored a few tons, fair enough, but not really much above the 125 plus mark. Um, so there, there aren't any massive games with him. And that's purely because he's very, very Tom Mitchell-esque in a sense that, um, doesn't really do much with the footy, um, majority of my handballs, that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, that kind of puts a bit of a ceiling on his, uh, his scoring from week to week, but nonetheless at that price point, um, and I was considering him, I must admit, uh, going back what, four weeks ago when he was three, whatever it was, 300 and. Yeah, 50, 360, but yeah, he still presents as a bit of value and a bit of a pod one at that. Um, but another pod to look at, uh, but a risky option, albeit, is Harry Himmelberg. Thor, uh, as a defender forward, uh, he's priced at 396.4K, averaging a 69.4 with a break-even of 96. So he does look to have a familiar role back in defense, much like he enjoyed uh, his favorable scoring in last season. However, he has yet to enjoy any large ceiling scores to date with scores of just 103, 88, and 72 in his previous three weeks where he's played in this role as that sort of um, roaming defender. Uh, Sam Taylor did return to the side um, in their last game, and despite the Giants looking to have an overcrowded defense, he actually remained in that role, which is uh, which is pleasing to see. Mm. But Haynes, another defender, went down with an ankle injury late in the game against Frio. Uh, they haven't really released any update as yet as whether or not he will return this week, but uh, that also solidifies the defensive role for Himmelberg. Comes at 102.6K discount on his starting price, so he does present as great value, even if he doesn't quite recapture the stellar, you know, I guess it's 90-odds average that he had last year across the entire yeah. year. But again, where you touched on before, Liam, um, it was in his last, I think it was coming out of the buy. I think he was averaging, it would have been, over a hundred um, easily yeah. because he had massive scores there, but I think he had some really big ceiling scores there. I don't think that'll happen this year. Um, well, that's going to be interesting because last year they were missing the likes of a Whitfield. Um, so there was a bit more, I guess, slices of pie to go around. Um, and Whitfield's yeah. missing this weekend because he's suspended. So it might be a, a bit of a ceiling game for him. Uh, maybe, maybe, but it's against the, the D. So um might be a bit of a tougher matchup, but yeah. Um, yeah, he presents his value nonetheless. And he is a uh, definite pod as well. I think he's only in 3% of teams uh, last check. Um, so yeah, 3% of teams. So yeah, if you're looking for a bit of a pod and, you know, for both of these guys as well, Keys and Himmelberg, there's someone to look at if you don't quite have the bank to be able to reach someone like a Dawson in defense or, you know, uh, a Butters up in the forward line, you can opt for Keys. So yeah one of these guys to, to, to really look at if you are on a bit of a budget. Yeah. Sounds good. Now let's move on to on the bubble. We look at some rookies, um, probably not super relevant at this stage of the season, but if you do need some dang red options that are, you know, getting some games, uh, these are the guys to look for. 
First up, we've got Jasper Fletcher, mid-eligible, 157.8K, averaging 58 with a break-even of minus 25. And he has scores of 53 and 63. So you can see there is a level consistency there in scoring for the Lions father-son selection. But with his higher price, you're not really freeing up as much cash, you know, as if he were going for someone like Ryan Marek, who's 102.4K. Um, and his cash gen is unlikely to be some, but really at this stage of the season, you're probably not too concerned about his cash gen. You're probably more looking for a player that's going to play um, mm, and top. provide that cover. Um, I'd probably give him a pass. His scoring potential looks better than uh, than Marek's at this stage, um, but job security is probably the key question. Um, and it's kind of hard to know how the lines are going to go with that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. We've seen, you know, the likes of Sharp go in and out of the side, Dev Robertson in and out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of a little bit suspect, um, but yeah, he's shown, shown enough promise, promise thus far. But I think when uh, the whips are cracking later in the season um, and they try to get their best 22 back on the park, he may fall by the wayside. Um, but yeah, someone to look at nonetheless. And to round us out, uh, Ryan Marek, uh, as you mentioned, is that other rookie uh, as a forward priced at 102.4K, bottom priced, averaging a 32.5 with a break-even of negative six. So the number one pick in the mid-season rookie draft is being starved, you could say, of scoring potential as he plays in in uh, no man's land, we'll call it, <laughs> otherwise known as the forward line for the Eagles. And with no goals to his name to prop up his scoring in his second outing, it does really show that his scoring is really going to be dependent on his performance in front of the big sticks, um, unless he's pushed up the ground as, as playing more as more of a high half forward. Uh, as he frees up the maximum amount of cash by downgrading to him, he's not a bad pick as he'll give you instant cash. And, you know, you'd think he should have decent job security for the Eagles. And if not, he presents as a bit of a loophole option if you're looking for it later in the year. But I yep. think uh, if we're comparing it to Jai Cully, um, oh. Oh, sorry, I was just thinking of his name then. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking of the dreadlocked, uh, dreadlocked kid, but he got suspended. And I think he got injured late in the year as well. Um, yeah. Soon after many people brought him in uh, late in the year, but yeah, he might, might surprise. He might surprise. Um, but yeah, the, the main thing I think with him is he's bottom priced and there's potential there that he could provide cover. So a bit of a bonus. Yep. Yes. Yep. Agreed. Now looking at rookies on the horizon and there's really no one shockingly at this Richards. stage of the season. Um, yep. So yeah, just, just is what it is. keep that in mind. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then and in terms uh, of some cheap primos, Damon. Yeah, to round us out, uh, well, there's, there's one really to keep an eye on. There's there's a couple that are coming up. There's Tookie Miller. Um, there's, yes. I mean, Jezza, we spoke of him. Is he, he's not really a primo outright, but as we said, he could present as a bit of bit of value. But one guy immediately is Callum Mills, and he uh, yes. returned on the weekend. Was subbed out midway through the game, uh, scored a 70-odd, uh, which meant that he's break-even stayed high, and his price dropped. Um which was, uh, which was nice for us perspective owners. So he could actually drop another 30 to 40K or so this weekend with his break-even at a high of 167 again. So it could be priced below 400K, even though he started, I think it was around about 600K. Um, yeah. So an absolute bargain. Um, 
And especially again, for those people that are scrounging for uh, or squeezing every penny that we spoke of the other week, um, it might be an option for those coaches as well. Even if you do have the uh, excess cash to bring on uh, Mills as a bit of a M9, M9 sort of yep. cover off the bench, season long cover. Perfect. Yep. Like it. Like it a lot. Now, Damon, onto the the talking point for this week. And it does come in the way in the in the form of the pig. It's pink sweaty pig himself. And I guess the question is for those, what what do you what do you, what do we do? Yeah. So owners, I feel like the answer is pretty obvious. You're probably gonna have to hold him at this stage. Um you've kind of it's a sunk cost now, you've got to just keep holding him. Yeah. Um and but but for non-owners, people who either traded him out or didn't haven't owned him at all, yeah. um, should we be, be bypassing him or, or should we should we be looking to get him in still? Obviously, knowing now that he's going to miss this week as well. Yeah, I must admit, I thought the uh, the talking point this week would have been uh, whether or not uh, Ben Keys actually shut his dax. Uh, on the weekend, uh, if for those of you who saw saw the game or uh, the photos online, we'll, we'll pop it up on the uh, on YouTube um, here on this episode now. Um, but it did look pretty suspect. It must admit, though, just with regards to that, because it was a funny, funny uh, moment. Uh, Rory Laird was on radio in in South Australia, and he actually had to go on and clear up the fact that no, he didn't shit his dax. Um, he apparently fell on the precipice or something that he said, like on the edge of the the field. Um, but if he was going to do that, it looked like he was would have been riding the boundary line in order for that to happen. Like, yeah, pretty sus, mate. Pretty sus. Anyway, I think he shut his dax. But let's move on to this actual talking point here with Clary. Um, and yeah, it's been um, pretty obvious. Like I've I've said, uh, and I think you've you've mentioned it as well that we were both keen to get him back into our yeah. sides after trading him out. Um, but I think at this point in time. I'm probably going to redirect my funds elsewhere because um had to, you know, unfortunately trade out Sicily as well. Um, and at this point, it's kind of like weighing up, do I go for Sicily? Do I go for Clary? Because I don't have the uh, the, the cash to get both in um, because they're both at very similar price points. And I think now I'm going to bypass Clary just because if he does return, first and foremost, you know, if he wants to return, say next week, for example, he's got a high break even. Um, again, there's that suspect about his, uh, his hammy. Now the medicos, again, this is part of the issue. They haven't come out and confirmed that he's redone his hammy, but there is speculation. Um, there's an article on code sports, uh, that mentions that, uh, yeah, he may have done his hammy. They're kind of alluding to that. Um, again, uh, just because purely they had follow-up scans and they said that, um, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't ready to return, which is so, you know, ambiguous about things and not clear cut. So. Of course, you're going to read between the lines there. Um, so I think even if he does return, is there a chance that he redoes the hammy again? Um, that's the other worry. And I think with limited trades yeah. at this point of the season, it's just too big of a risk to invest that sort of money, despite the fact he's an absolute gun and he's probably the number one player in Supercoach at his peak. Um, I think he's just too much of a risk. Uh, he might be a pod. Yes, that's probably an upside if people are trading him, uh, apart from those people that I have held him to date and want to hold him. Um, but I think for those people that don't have him, I'd be looking elsewhere. And that's probably what I'm going to do, unfortunately, as much as I wanted the, uh, the you know, the, to, to really taste the, uh, taste the, the, you know, the pig juice yet again. Um, I don't think it'll, it'll happen. I think I'll have to wait until next season. I don't know. Anything different for you, Liam? 
No, but I'm trying to think about this from like a logical perspective and like trying to look actually do the math. So I'm looking at it and I'm saying right, I've still got Ashcroft in my side. Mm. He's averaging 79. Now, it really just, it depends on how long Clary is actually out for. So if we don't have any actual realistic timeline, mm, makes it hard. that's the issue. So I think from that perspective, I'm kind of like, you probably need to bypass him because you're losing out on points. So if I would go Libba this week, Libba's averaging 118. Ashcroft is averaging 79. That's a gain this week of 39 points. Mm. Now, Oliver, on the other hand, is averaging 125, which is obviously, what, seven points more than Libba a week if we yeah. go on average. I've also rounded these up because obviously they're not scoring yeah, 117.7 points. But, yeah. Um, so from that perspective, it kind of makes sense to wait for Oliver if I know that he's only waiting if it's only a week because, yeah. you know, I'll make up the the 39 points over the season, theoretically. Yeah, when you get him in. If yeah. they, yeah, mm. if we look at the main across the year. Problem is if Oliver misses this week and then he misses next week, it's then, you know, it's less weeks for him to make up the difference. Yeah. And then if he misses the week after, because we don't know. Yeah. Like, I think that's the key. If if we can get, and we can't even trust what's coming out from them now. Like mm. Simon Goodwin said after was it the Carlton game? Like he's got 10 days. He'll, he'll definitely play. I think was his, yeah. Yeah, was his yeah, quote. Yeah. <clears throat> and he hasn't played since King's birthday. Like, yeah. so he didn't play. He hasn't played since then. <clears throat> like it's been multiple weeks since then. Like, yeah, it's, it's so a good point it's, as well. It really because, comes down to that. I think at this stage. Yeah. And if, if you're waiting for like, cause I, I was hoping to bring him in last week. He was in my, I wrote out my, as you would have seen uh, for those people that tuned into uh, my team talk videos, um, if you're listening to the podcast, check out our YouTube and you'll, you'll see that where I go into greater detail about my own team. But I, I wrote out a plan uh, pre-buys across uh, detailing the trades that I was looking to do across the four buy weeks. And Clary was like the cherry on top of like my team. He was going to finish off my my side. Obviously didn't account for Sicily being suspended, but uh, I would have had him, brought in Clary, finished my side, had three trades remaining. Um, and as it's turned out, it scuttled my plans. And, you know, again, I had to bypass him on the weekend, obviously, because he didn't play. Um, I brought in Petrarca. There's a little bit of a silver line in there because Petrarca, I think, is benefiting in terms of his scores without yeah. Clary being there. So I capitalized on that, brought him in. But again, I'm in a fortunate position because Briggs is kind of my ticket or was my ticket to Clary. Um, and he's still got another four, what 60K to make over the next couple of weeks, potentially. But if the opposite was true with Briggs, if he was about to lose cash, and I had to wait on Clary returning without knowing a definitive timeline. It's too much of a risk. Like you might as well just bypass him. There's no use waiting. If you are in that in that situation where you're going to use a player as a bit of your, you know, a bit of a ticket to Clary, but their their break even's high and they're on the cusp of potentially dropping in price. Um, that's just not worth it. It's not worth waiting for. Um, and again, there's risk if he does return. We don't know how fit he's going to be. He's been, even though he's been training sparingly. Um, it's a hamstring. He, it's a hamstring and it's going to be risky. Yeah. Soft tissue injuries are renowned for potential recurrence. Um, it's later in the season as well. It's not as if it's at the start of the season. So you've got to sort of weigh all these things up alongside each other. I think to me, 
uh, with limited trades, I think it's just too much of a risk. And I'd much prefer to bring in someone like a Sicily who isn't injured, is suspended, and we know will return 100% in round 18. Um, unless he tackles someone off field and gets suspended again. Um, but um, yeah, for me, I think that's part of the reason why I'm looking to bypass Clary. I've, I've, yeah. I've now like set my heart on that. I think last week I was 50-50. Um, but now I think I'm kind of leaning more towards that. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think that's where I'm going as well. Like, it's it's not it's if we look at him versus Sicily, Sicily's not going to Sicily's going to come back in the side. He's not. It's not an issue of fitness, fitness. with Sicily. He's going to come back in and kill it theoretically, or is is there's no yeah. concern. Whereas with Oliver, there's always going to be concern. You could you could see a Mills style thing where he gets subbed out. Yep. Um, managed in game, yeah. Just yeah, managed like it could be anything. So and that's going to limit his scoring. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um, and I think with the the weeks, like there's what sixteen, seven. Uh, there's it's eight weeks to go. Twenty nine weeks, eight weeks, eight weeks. Yeah, eight weeks. Uh, left. He. It's it's. And and he's not playing this week, so he's only seven games after after for him to potentially come back for. Yeah. Um. That's the other thing you'd have to consider. Uh, it's it's a tough one. Could become a bit of a pod. Um. Based off that, but yeah, I think you've also got to bank on the points that you could get currently, and hopefully, hopefully make it up before he comes back. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unfortunate for those people that own him because yeah, I'd almost be so in like. You'd hate so to do it, like trade. trade him out. Yeah, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's a rage trade at this point now where, again, there's no if there's no clarity, if I was an owner, I think the fact that there's been no clarity, no timeline still, I would be trading him out. But yeah. I think there's merit in holding still because, you've again, you've held him this far. You've lost out what, five, six weeks now like on potential scoring. It's just – and it's kind of at the point now where you held him. He's been out across the buy, so that's kind of negated most of that those lost points where it's best 18. Yeah. Um, even though you still definitely lost points because he's a primo, but now it's like best 22 and like everyone's at the stage now where they're starting to finish off their teams and you're going to be kind of left behind in a sense, holding out hope yeah. that he's going to return and you're going to have to feel potentially a rookie or hold out hope for someone like a MJ to have a, you know, a breakout game again, or a, you know, Seamus Mitchell, which again, how much faith can you put in those guys? Um, if you're swinging DPP and all that sort of stuff, but yeah, it's unfortunate, but I think it is what it is. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for a discussion point on all things Clary. Might revisit this maybe yeah. next week and touch on whether or not there's a there's a timeline that's a bit more <laughs> tangible. Be interesting to also look back at it on the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and kind of I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but just to see, you know, to, just to see how it went. What was what was the prevailing logic? Did it work? Did it not work? Yeah. Um, I don't think you can really use it going into other seasons because this is a very particular situation. Yeah, but it'd be interesting to yeah to sort of consider. Well, Liam, it is time now to steer the ship, as it were. But the question is, who steers that ship? We'll find out, won't we? In I'm the captain now. Toot toot. Look at me. I'm the captain now. So just a fun little anecdote. I was at the shops the other day and they had a, uh, here in the distance, this 
sound. And I was like, oh, where's this coming from? And it was a Thomas the Tank Engine, like, train that was going around the shopping center, like oh, really? physically being driven around. And all I can say is there was one kid on it and this kid did not look like it wanted to be on this this Thomas the Tank Engine. But I just thought about just brought to mind the uh, the, the, <laughs> the podcast because I heard the toot, and it was perfect. Yeah, it was I'm the captain now. Yeah, this kid was like, I am most certainly not the captain because I do not want to be here. <laughs> you should have you should have just gone up to him and been like, yeah. I'm the captain. <laughs> yeah, just scare, just just punch the driver <laughs> to get him off it and like push him jump off. on. But it's going like four miles an hour, four four kilometers an hour, <laughs> jump on, hijack oh. the train. Uh we don't endorse that, of course. Um, but let's uh jump into uh I'm the captain now, of course, where we chat about what VC and C options mm. you've got for the upcoming round of Supercoach. As always, we scrounge through the data and found the best options for you to consider. Now, Liam, do you want to kick us off with our VC options? Yes, let's start on Thursday night, 7.20 at the Gabba. We've got Brisbane up against Richmond. We've got Josh Dunkley first up. He's got an average of 94 in his last four games against the Tigers with scores of 103, 134, 116. And 23. Now, if we do take away that injury affected 23, his three game average becomes 117.67. Richmond also give away the second most points to inside mids, uh, which is very helpful, especially when you've got a three round average of 135.7 and a five round average of 141.2. So dunks could be mm. could be in for a big one. But uh considering, yeah, Richmond give away the most points to inside mids. Could also help this next guy, Damon. Yes, absolutely. And that that man is Lockie Neal, who has an average of 139 in his last four games against the Tigers with scores of 110, 107, 149, and 190. So it's going to be hard to split these Oof. two guys, but also just as hard to potentially maybe split this next guy who will uh, delve into his average. Isn't so favorable, but uh, his recent form line is very, very yeah. good, Liam. Yes, and that is Timmy Taranto. He has an average of 82.25 in his last four against the Lions with scores of 85, 87, 81, and 76. But he has a three-round average of 125 and a five-round average of 128 uh, with three of his last four scores being 128 plus. Gee whiz. Yep, he's one to look at. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the next game, and it is Sydney v Geelong on Friday at 7.50pm at the SCG. And your boy, Errol, oh, Errol, Errol Goulden <laughs> has an average of uh, 71.67. Sorry, I misread those uh, numbers there. Uh, with scores of 47-114 and 54 in his last three games against the Cats. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's that. And then there's also the fact that he scored 164 <laughs> on the weekend against the Eagles. So um, yeah, definitely someone to look at as a bit of a, maybe a pot option uh, VC um, might, uh, might give you a bit of a leg up maybe. And I don't know if you like those sort of like coincidence. The last time he had a ceiling score of 156, the next week he also scored 156. So oh, maybe he course. goes 164 again. We never know. That was right. That's that's uh, back in round eight and nine against yes. the Pies and Frio. One fifty six back to back. One of those that. teams. Oh my god! One of those teams was also a West uh, a Western Australian team, and the other one's a Victorian team. That's very true. That is and one was true. at the SCG, and the other one was at the MCG. Which I know it's not. One was at. Oh no, they're both at the SCG. Oh, damn. 
Come on. I thought you were going to say, and they've both got G in the acronym. SCG and MC. Oh, they've both got a CG in SCG and MCG. They're both at cricket grounds. Yeah. Um, anyway, I feel like that's where I was hoping he was playing at a Vic ground, but no. That would have been good. Come on. It's almost like numerology or the um, yeah. it's trends, really. It's, uh, yeah. Amazing. Come on, 164. Come on, Errol. Uh, anyway, moving on to the next guy, and he's Tom Stewart. He has an average of 108.25 in his last four against the Swatties with scores of 111, 103, 114, and 105. And that 111 came earlier this season. Very nice. Well, uh, the next game is the Crows up against North Melbourne on Saturday at 1.45 p.m. at Adelaide Oval. And wow. Wow. That's all I can say about this game. Um, Jordan Dawson. This is just juice galore. This is like opening up a can of of juice and just spraying it everywhere. Just... (laughs) Just losing your shit when you see this because Jordan Dawson, he has got an average of 122.75 in his last four games against North with scores of 134, 145, and 99, and 113. But Liam, he's actually eclipsed by the next guy. Yeah, somehow. Rory Laird has an average of 126.5 in his last four games against North with scores of 156, 97, 104, and 149. There's more juice in this game than a, than a boost juice. Is it is there is there enough pulp though? That's the question. Which one's mm. got more pulp? Which one's got more pulp? Probably. Oh. Probably Laird. Just. Yeah. Well, yeah, he would have. Well, he would have been my um, captaincy option on the weekend if I didn't lock in the big tractor. Um, mm. But yeah, geez, you can't go too wrong if they can deliver a nice captaincy score. In line with those averages there, um, you'd be happy enough, that's for sure. Yes. Uh, but the yes, yes. next game is the Western Bulldogs up against Frio on Saturday at 1.45 p.m. at, uh, was that? Uh, Marvel Stadium, of course. Um, the Bont, Zibont. He's got an average of 134.5 in Oof. his last four games against the Dockers with scores of 182, 100, 149, and 107. So a bit of a mixed bag there. Um, but that 182... That came earlier this year when they played at Optus Stadium. So he's in fine fiddle is the bond. Mm. Yes. Yes, he is. Uh, Another option for you, Tim English. He's got an average of 107.25 in his last four against a Frio with scores of 131, 86, 69, and 143. Mm. That was up against Darcy as well, that game. Previously, so um, another juicy option. Jeez, there's options galore here. Um, it's going to be a very, very hard week to pick, I reckon. Uh, next up, we have Andy Brayshaw. Has an average of 94.75 in his last four games against the Dogs with scores of 98, 93, 120, and 77. But um must say that uh, the Dogs, they give away the least points to opposition inside mids, which also <laughs> affects this next guy, his teammate, Liam. Yes, and that is Caleb Sarong, who has an average of 109.75 in his last four against the Doggies with scores of 130, 103, 84, and 122. And it should be noted that 130 came earlier in the season as well. Yep, absolutely. Well, let's move on to the next game, and it is Gold Coast up against the Pies on Saturday at 4.35 p.m. at uh, HBS Stadium. Heritage Bank Stadium. That's what they call it. Yeah, you keep, yeah. You always come through the goods with that. I have no idea. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> it's a, I don't, I've never heard of Heritage Bank. No. Like the sponsorship's not working because it's never made me want to search it. 
Nick Dacos, the standard option in this game. He's got an average of 109 in his two games against the Suns with scores of 75 and 143, of course, coming off that 132 juicy game against the Crows. Yes. Uh, now let's be on to the captaincy options. So these are later in the round. So, I mean, you could always captain someone earlier if you want, but these are just sort of more prime options uh, later in the round. Uh, probably more so not VC options is what we're going with here. Uh, first up, we've got Essendon versus Port Adelaide, Saturday at 7.25 p.m. at Marvel Stadium. No, it is at the MCG. Sorry. Zach Merritt, averaging 100 in his last four games against the Power with scores of 106, 130, 73, and 91. Uh, but the Power are one of the hardest teams for opposition inside mids to score against. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough one for him, I think. Yep. Potentially. Yes, well, uh, let's look on, yeah, <laughs> let's look on the other <laughs> side of the field. And Zachary Butters, he averages one twenty four point five in his last four games against the Dons, with scores of one twenty five, one hundred four, one hundred six, and one sixty three. So that nice wow. little recent score there, one twenty five, and uh, nice little average as well. But it has been boosted, yep. of course, with that that one sixty three um, skewed a smidge. But uh, yeah, he's due. I think he's due. Uh, he's due. Yeah, so do I. Butters. Um, because he's had a couple of uh, well, a few few down games, uh, and he's due for a bounce back. Very much. Yeah, like I think some wet weather as well potentially Ooh. on the weekend. Gonna love it. Love a tackle. Love a hug just to keep warm. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, next up, we've also got his teammate Connor Rosie, uh, averaging ninety five point two five in his last four against the Dons with scores of one hundred four, one hundred six, seventy six, and ninety five. Just a bit of a, a pod option for want of a better term. Just less likely to be picked and say fair enough well let's move on to the next game and it is Hawthorne up against Carlton on Sunday at 1.10pm at the MCG and Sammy Walsh uh, who we spoke of earlier is a bit of a discount option he averages 92.75 mm-hmm. in his last four games against the Hawks with scores of 124, 116, 52 and 79 and the Hawks though are the fourth easiest side for inside mids to score against so uh, like we mentioned this could be the week where he's uh, he might hit his ceiling. It might be a ceiling game for a Walshie, mm. and I'm hoping so. And uh, I'm sure you are likewise, Liam. Yes. As owners. Yes, I am. Uh, another guy in that same game, Sam Doherty, has an average of 113.25 in his last four against the Hawks with scores of 122, 96, 91, and 144. Uh, the Hawks also give away the third most points to attacking defenders, so... Dockers could be in for a decent score. Yep. Like it. Uh, next up, we have Melbourne up against the Giants on Sunday at 3.20 p.m. at TIO Stadium. And yep. first up, we have the tractor, Christian Petrarca. Has an average of 109 in his last four games against the Giants with scores of 116, 83, 123, and 114. And GWS are actually the third hardest team to score against for mids. Um, so a nice, interesting stat there. Yes, and on the other side of the field, we have uh, Tom Green, and he has an average of 99 in his last four against the Ds with scores of 115, 64, 98, and 119. But I guess it should be noted, and I can't remember if the trend has still continued, but Melbourne has been giving away quite a lot of points to midfielders. Um in recent weeks. So uh Tom Green could be on a bit of could yeah, could have a bit of an option as to go on a bit of a tear this week. 
I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. Uh, next up, we have, or we'll round us out, the game between the Eagles and St. Kilda, and this could be an absolute shit show again, uh, unfortunately for the Eagles. Um, but Rowan Marshall, he's got an average of 76.5 in his last four games against the Eagles with scores of 88, 50, 76, and 92. But you can probably just throw that all out the window because West Coast give away the second most points to opposition Ruckman. And um, he gets, he can, as the ability to rack up fair few marks and possessions around the ground. Um, and if, you know, recent form is to go by with those teams against the Eagles, um, St. Kilda and all of their players are in for a bit of a day out. So he is someone to look at just purely based off matchup here. Yes. And uh, his teammate, Jack Sinclair, he's got an average of 91.25 in his last four against the Eagles with scores of 117, 66, 96, and 86. Now there could be some exploitation of matchup here um, to consider, but depends on his positioning. West Coast give away the most points to mids, but aren't as easy for attacking defenders to soar in. So it could be a bit of a risky play based off that. Also plays in the last game of the round. We don't, we don't like that. Uh, and I have become acutely aware of it ever since you mentioned it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's super risky. Very, very risky. Um, he had 68% CBAs on the weekend, which was his most all season, which yeah. I thought with Winhager coming in, um, who yeah, only had 36%, opposite, yeah. might be the opposite, might be less time, but he, uh, he actually had a really good game to his credit. Um, that's the first time that he's actually scored well when he's had bulk CBAs. So uh, who knows mm. um, if he stays in that role, he could be in for an absolute stupid game. Um, but uh, another, another sort of pot option, uh, which we won't go into detail with Jack Steele, but can you trust him? No, but yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's just leave it at that. Well, let's jump into our little captaincy head to head and Liam, I think you've got the, uh, the first choice this time around. Um, but before we delve into that, uh, let's have a look at how we fared last round. Mm. So I ended up locking in Laird, who scored a 125. And you went for Oliver into Dunks. And of course, Oliver didn't play. So Dunks was your, uh, your, I guess, the VC uh, in this case. And scored a 122. So only three points difference. Um, was very, very, very close. Eight wins to me and six to you, Liam. But uh, who are you? Uh, what's tickling your fancy this week? I am scrolling... Up and down. Feverishly. Yes. I really don't know who to pick. Too many. I am going to go Jordan Dawson. That's very strategic by you. Yeah, because I know you can't go lead. Yep, because I can't <laughs> go lead. Oh, that's, that's, I'll tip my cap to that. You've thought about that. Very good. Very, very good. Well, it means because uh, he would have been the one that I went for. Yeah. Um, And Dawson oh, would have been by extension. What's, what's the bet that I screw myself over because you're going to pick someone else who... Goes better and goes then Laird better outscored. And, I, and Laird will outscore him. <laughs> oh, anyway, got to play okay, the game you, sometimes. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. I oh, know. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, it's about time we did that because we don't really look yeah, ahead. Yeah, we, we really don't think this. the next week, all that sort of stuff, because I flagged it last week when I chose Laird and I was like, oh, who are they playing next week? Then I was like, oh, stuff it like they're playing North. But um, yeah. Okay. I really think that the uh, the listeners need to realize that we do not script this part at all. No, no literally, really it's on the fly. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is organic as it can get. Even though we've done the research, research going through. Um, and we don't pick anyone, yeah. Through, we don't pick anyone. But uh, Jesus is hard. Without those two. My suggestion, 
if you want to take it, would be Lockie Neal. Um, I'm actually choosing between him and or Dunks. Dunkley. Yeah, coin flip. Uh, I'm gonna go for Neil. I'll go for Neil. Yeah, I like lock it. him in. I reckon. I reckon Neil. He'll get off the chain. He's 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 due. He's, he's due. Stewie. He's Stewie. Perfect. That's it. Very, very nice. Uh, well, let's jump into uh, the next segment, Liam. And it is... I got to, to know. Hey, I got to know. I was, I was waiting for you to kick it off. So I was like waiting, waiting patiently. I wanted to have that harmony. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think... we're, not, we're not going a cappella again. <laughs> Maybe we'll try it. We're still going to uh, find time, mate. Maybe when you're eating your pie, we'll do the, uh, the a cappella. Um, and then oh, as yeah, the beads okay. of sweat are, are, are forming on your head and you're as red as a tomato, <laughs> um, it might bring out the uh, the higher higher pitches, uh, all the lower tones. Who knows? Uh, but in I got yeah. to know, we throw it open to you, the good folk of the Supercoach Edge community, where we answer your burning questions. And we've had a few sent through, Liam. Um, and do you want to kick us off uh, with the first one? Yes. First question comes in from Brad Dor at Brad Dor four on Twitter. Uh, and his question is a best defender option out of Doc. He's got a two for one here, actually. Best Ooh. defender option out of Doherty, Houston, Ridley, and Ryan, and then also the best mid option out of Sarong, Brayshaw, Anderson, and McRae. So, in terms of those best defenders, I'm going to rank them. Ryan one. Oh, okay. Purely because he's currently the third best midfield uh, defender. Like I kind of have to like have to rely on that. Two, I'm going to go Doherty. I'm worried about Ridley. So BZT has gone down with injury. I'm a little bit worried that oh, no. Ridley's um, role is going to change slightly now. Um, it might not. He scored well on the weekend, um, but we could see an issue there. Dockers and Ridley are probably even for me, and then Houston probably comes in in fourth. Houston. Probably also a bit of a pod, and that's my concern. It could hurt you a little bit. Um, it's not like someone who is. Um, I'm just gonna have a quick look at Houston scoring because yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not like a reliable runs on the board type operator. Yeah, like what he's had a big he had a big game on that last week, the week before 146, and then he has a 47 the week before. Mm. It's too much variability. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, six of his fourteen games below. Um, a hundred—that's a concern for me. Yeah, he's actually yeah. To his credit, he scored well. I'll give him that. Yeah. But, uh, at this point of the season, I always like to opt for guys that have the runs on the board historically. Um, and yeah, as you yeah. mentioned there with Houston, he's only in two percent of teams. Yes, it's a good pod because it may help give you a bit of a leg up. Um, but. In saying that, you kind of need to bank on them outscoring those higher-owned players um, where I think I like to sort of opt for the safety, again, depending on where you're at in terms of overall ranking and if you're going for head-to-head, um, you know, league matchups, cash leagues, all that sort of stuff. But even then, um, yeah, I think I'd prefer to go for the tried and tested, you know, equivalent price point anyway, where I think he's probably still uh, good value is Doherty. Yeah, I really like him. Um, he still was able to score quite well um, across the journey, despite the fact Carlton's been performing like shit week yeah. in, week out. Um, his lowest game was 77, which is pretty much every single Carlton player. I'd be surprised if many actually scored above the ton that game because um, they just gave up. 
but aside from that, if you scrub that, he scored a 111 on the weekend, 96, 124, 135, 94, 111, and 106 yeah. uh, in the time that he's been back from his That's knee the difference. injury. Yeah. So I like that security that he provides there. His role it's is really good. still in 7% of teams. Yeah, like, exactly. He's still a relative bit of best body. of everything. Yeah. Now that I'm actually talking through him, I'm actually, because I've got the coin to bring him in potentially yeah. off the back of Weddle. Um, so it's like, do I well, go his... for Doc or do I go for Sicily? <laughs> Doherty's one I'm considering as well with Dawson, like chuck Dawson into the midfield yeah, and have Doherty back. But I could also go Liver. I don't know. Yeah. Ugh. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd rank them in terms of, for me, I would go for Doherty. Um, yep. I'd go for again Ridley. If you if you said that uh, if his role was sound, I'd probably be going for him ahead of Ryan, um, and then Houston uh, round us out. Yeah, and then in terms of best mid option out of Sarong, Brayshaw, Anderson, and McRae, again, I wouldn't be opting personally for any of these guys. Um, but I McRae's th- probably the one that I like most just because he's a DPP. Yeah, that's very very true. Yep. Anderson's probably down the uh down the list. Yeah. You look at his score on uh was it from yesterday, as we record this on the Sunday. Um, he actually got a lot of junk junk points. He kicked two late goals, didn't really count for much. Um, win was already in the bag against the Hawks. Uh, and he's fallen off the wagon uh since he had the, the hot run of form. So I'd probably rank him last, uh, from especially from a value perspective. McCray, I don't I don't mind. Um, I'd probably go, personally go Brayshaw. Um, Sarong was still worried about with that ankle. So maybe Brayshaw, Sarong and McRae is uh, even two, and then Anderson to round them out. So, so what was your order? So I'd go Brayshaw first up. Yeah. Uh, then I'd go Sarong and McRae sort of in line with each other. Yeah. And then Anderson. Yeah, cool. I'd probably go Sarong first. I think with Darcy back in the side, he seems to be benefiting. Um, right. I just don't, I don't like Brayshaw. I don't know what it is. I've just never liked him as a super coach option. Yeah, even he's got year. a bit of variability in his in his score. Yeah. Actually, you're probably right. I think if Sarong didn't have that ankle injury, I don't know how fit he is at the moment. I'm presuming he's almost at full fitness, but he's not playing the same minutes that he was um, previous to um, the previous two weeks. He's he's actually had. Um, less than a hundred minutes in the game where every single other week bar round one, he's, he's, uh, he's maxed that out. Um, but if you didn't have that, that ankle ankle, that suspect ankle, I would have Sarong number one, Brayshaw and McRae equal to, and then Anderson uh, rounded out. Yeah. Very nice. Well, yeah. uh, let's move on to the next question. And it is super coach DPW at super coach DPW. And he says to kill the bench cover to finish the team. Wait it out for a little longer or take a Himmelberg, Mills, or Keys type. So what's he saying there? He what is trading out someone that's on the bench in order to bring in Himmelberg, Mills, and Keys type? Or I think he might be suggesting potentially waiting on his cash cows to make more cash in order to afford a better player Himmelberg. down the line? Or okay. do you bring in someone... Yeah, wait it out for a little longer. Yeah, or wait. Yeah, or go for someone now, like a Himmelberg, Mills, or Keys type. Again, depends how many. I think it depends on your side. Yeah, 
what it looks like structurally and also how many other yeah. players you need to upgrade. If this is your sort of last upgrade, um, maybe you wait it out if you can. And yeah. it depends if you can loop players off the bench as well um, and how strong your bench cover is. Like if you've got a Seamus Mitchell, um, for example, who I would be happy, which I'm going to probably do, um, and loop his score off the bench. Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing that. Otherwise, I don't mind Mills either. I'm a big fan of Mills. Oh, no, that's 50 50. We, we can't really yeah. give a definitive answer, I don't think, because we don't no. know what your team looks like. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe, um, message us on Twitter, Supercoach DPW, and, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll give a look at your team and, and let you know a more definitive answer there. Um, yeah, hard to say. And especially like who you're trading out as well. That's the other factor to, um, to think about. But uh, Liam, yeah, I'll, exactly. uh, I'll read out this question here and throw it across to you. So it's TK Mac, a regular consumer of our content. So thanks, uh, as always, TK Mac, which is at Taylor M5873121. Um, thoughts on trading out Marshall to bring in Libba and in brackets, move Weddle to the bench and running Briggs R2 or play Marshall and Weddle for two more weeks till Briggs is around the 450 mark. And trade and then bring in Libba, keeping Marshall R2. So oh. should he should he what's the what's the what's the saying? Um cut off his nose to spot his face. He's pretty much yeah. if that if that works, because he's pretty much like um it would be it'd be cutting Marshall in order to afford Libba now, or does he wait for Briggs to mature in price to then afford Libba and also keep Marshall? I'm I'm a big fan of I think the uh Sorry to jump in here, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, of that that later. Um, again, reaching for the top. Um, but Briggs has been performing pretty well, I must admit. Yeah. So it would afford you more points now by bringing Libba sooner rather than later. But also, I think you probably should look at it in terms of uh, the points lost and potential points gained by if you bring Libba in now, as opposed to later. Yeah, because um, so, it means that he, you'd have to play Weddle, I think, by the looks of what he's saying yeah. there. So the issue that I see, Marshall has a rougher, I want to say, run home. Like he's playing, he plays West Coast, which is good, <laughs> next round, mm. but then plays Melbourne, who's historically hard to score against. Gold Coast, who's historically hard to score against. North Melbourne, who's historically hard to score against. Hawthorne, who's historically hard to score against for Rux. Yeah. Carlton, who's historically hard to score against against for Rux. Richmond is uh, better, Geelong better, and then Brisbane to round out the season, who is mm. harder to score against as a Ruckman. So not necessarily a great run. I'm now just having a quick look at Briggs. And he plays Melbourne this round, so tough round. Hawthorne tough. Adelaide uh, easier. Gold Coast hard, Western Bulldogs surprisingly easier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sydney easy, Port uh, easier, Essendon depending on who plays, but harder, and then Carlton harder. So, yeah, maybe I'm leaning more towards like off the back of that because I was I was actually if I was in that situation with uh, if Marshall wasn't on the bye, that. Um, yeah, the the same. Sorry, if he wasn't, sorry, if Briggs wasn't on the buy on the weekend, and Marshall was, I would have traded out Marshall, I think, and done a similar move, and upgraded 
say a Weddle or another player to a definitive Primo. So I actually don't mind Briggs as an R2. You've got Briggs as R2, don't you? I've got Briggs as R2. I do feel like I'm living precariously um, with uh, Flynn just sort of in the wings constantly. And every team sheet, I'm like, oh, no, is Flynn in? Briggs is going too well, though, almost. Like, it's almost like Briggs is performing. You don't want to play around with that. Um, No. Uh, So I I have Marshall as my R1 and Briggs as my R2. I initially was actually going to say, no, don't trade Marshall. But kind of pro it now, I, I think. I think Marshall's run home is tougher. Than Briggs is, is. yeah, and I, I think, think like, that your points that you're going to gain now is probably higher mm. with Libba and Libba and Briggs in the team over Marshall, over Marshall and Weddle. Yeah, yeah. Like, Libba's going to score. I mean, that's that's the main tipping point, really. Is that I think Briggs and Marshall will probably um, score similarly. I reckon. So the difference, I reckon, and just to simplify it, is comparing the points difference between Libba and Weddle. So yeah. I think the points gained between, you know, Libba and a Weddle, Weddle's what averaging a 67.8 um, and Libba is, uh, he's averaging uh, about 117, 118. Yeah. Wow. So that's what 50, 50 points more um, average straight up. So that's a lot of points uh, difference there if, you know, yeah. averages are maintained. So, I'm a big fan of doing that. I think now the 50 points extra every single week, um, especially if you're going for overall, yeah, hundred um, percent. But also in your head to head, if you're struggling to make finals and you need wins on the board, this is definitely going to help you. He's a 90% yeah. of team. So a relative pod in comparison to the, the other primos, um, the other big name primos. So again, that's another benefit. So yeah, I'm probably more a fan of bringing in Libba now at the expense of, Marshall, um, and then yeah, putting Weddle to the bench, and Briggs as your R two could be a bit of a pot as well. Like I know he's obviously owned by seventeen percent of teams, but I'd say a lot of that is in R three. Yep. Uh, with English and Marshall as your R one and R two, so it could end up being a bit of a pod as well with Briggs, which could help you out in your leagues. Very, very well summarized there. Well, uh, let's move on. And hopefully that's uh, helped all of you guys there. And uh, Supercoach DPW, as you said, um, just hit us up on Twitter, mate, and we'll be happy to help you out. Um, but let's, uh, well, before I guess we wrap things up, let's run through our Supercoach Edge Cup group results after round 15. Yes, our Supercoach Edge Cup group, public cup public group leader is new one. Got a, a yeah. new clubhouse leader and it is Adam with his team all too hard. He has a round score of 2,241 and an overall rank of 44th and a total score of 33,660. Very nice there. And the top scorer for the round was Amy with their team Chocolate Queen. They had a round score of 2,318 and a round rank of 96th. Very, very nice. Chocolate coin. That reminds me, it's just a throwback to when I was younger and you used to go to the supermarket or whatever and you can get the bag of like the... uh, the chocolate in the, uh, yes, you know, the yeah. full wrapper coins. Uh, classic. Uh, very good. And and Amy, uh, apologies if this is incorrect, but I assume it is of the female variety. So um, always good to see uh, the yes. other, the, the fairer sex as they call them. Um, do they call them that? We will. Um, but uh, it's good to see them taking out 
um, the top score for the round as well, showing us, man, how it's done. But uh, let's move on to the Patreon's exclusive group. Yes. And the leader is none other than T Prestitutes Inc., aka Jonas Goat, a regular uh, consumer of our content uh, and a uh, good fellow commenter on YouTube as well. Check out his work because he he loves it. a few of the super coach, sorry, super coach, but it's Simpsons tied in with super coach puns. Um, so <laughs> very, very nice to have him as a listener and viewer. Uh, but his overall score is 33,478 round score of 2061. And his overall rank is 149th. Um, very, very nice there by you, Jonas. And the top scorer was Matthew, uh, Texas Legends, with a score of 2,056. Yes, and in terms of our Patreon-exclusive Cash League, Super Cash Edge Cash League, the results looked something like this. We had Popball FC, Dylan. He defeated Tankers, uh, Peter with his team Tankers, 1869 to 1550. I had a win over Carps Crushers 18-61 to 17-59. And when we look at the ladder, there has been some absolute carnage. Uh, Brett with his team at the Sharpshooters 18-52 defeated uh, Scott Arthur, Black on White, 18-18, close one. And Matthew Tun 618, who scored 18-93, was defeated by yourself, Damon. DJ trade a lot, 19-21. It was a close matchup, that one. It was a very close matchup. We're talking about. I was Discord. watching that. Yeah, I was actually watching that. I was quite interested in it because uh, it was looking like he was potentially going to get the win over you. Yeah, yeah. fifteen players, I think it was. So it was a little yeah. bit of fair effort. Um, yeah, one less player virtually compared to to me. So uh, yeah, it would have been a fair fair effort. But Humphrey, Humphrey B. Bear, he was the one that uh, that silenced him. Yeah, I think I even um, made that point in the. Uh, I said that. I said Humphrey. It's all going to come down to Humphrey because. You had, I can't remember who you had. Weddle, Weddle and Seamus. Yeah. And I thought you would, yeah, just depend on that. Yeah. Let's have a look at the ladder, well, Damon. Yes, the ladder. So as you mentioned, there was, there's was there been a fair bit of movement here. Um, yes. A fair few players dropping down a spot and one that's jumped up quite a few spots, Liam. Familiar name. Uh, but let's start it, it off from the top. And uh, I have reclaimed top spot. It is you. Um, ever so narrowly. <laughs> uh, I moved up the, the one spot. Um, over the sharpshooters. So yes, big, uh, big spot. Um, so thank you, Emp, uh, Emper, who I played, of course, who uh, gave me that win because I'm now ahead on points uh, by 13 points. Um, as a matter of fact, in terms of points scored, yeah, because wow. we're both sharpshooters and I are on 11 wins. Next up, in third spot on six wins. So a bit of a bit of difference between the top two to the third spot. But again, yes. we flagged this we flagged the, this last just the five wins. <laughs> but we flagged this last week in terms of the potential moves yeah. of yourself, Liam, because you've gone into the third spot, Church of Parish, with six wins, and you jumped up from you were in sixth spot. Uh yeah. you were languishing. Um but we said a few results had to go your way. I had to beat Emperor. Um and there had to be a few other losses and wins and whatnot. And they fell in your favor, Liam. So you and jumped up to third spot there. Life. Absolutely. Everything came up Church of Parish. Um, and then in fourth spot uh, is Emperor Tun618 Matthew. Uh, he has dropped down a spot. Uh, so you've taken his spot virtually. Um, he's behind on points differential by, uh, what's that, 90, 80, 86 points. Um, Cups crushes in fifth spot. Again, six wins behind a differential in six spot, black and white, Scott Arthur, again on six wins 
behind in points differential. Yeah. Um, very, very tight between uh, third spot and sixth spot. Uh, there's actually, what, 300-odd points or thereabouts difference. And then in seventh spot, Popperball FC, Dylan, uh, with the five wins. And then Tankers rounding us out, Peter, in eighth spot uh, behind in points differential. Liam, that's very, very, very uh, exciting. So um, yes. Remember when you, I was on the bottom of the ladder that whole time? You were holding up like, the ladder. You are so, so humble, so noble. I was, just, and I was like, nah, just up. climbing over everybody else and just like get stepping down. on people's heads. <laughs> stepping on people's heads. You were so humble <laughs> to begin with holding up the ladder. Now you're stepping on people's faces, <laughs> climbing over them, kicking their hands to try and fall off the ladder. Uh, but yeah, now it's now it's the noble noble act of Peter to um, our yes. combined father-in-law to to prop us up. So thank you, Pete. I um I think I'm gonna call it yes. that you and sharpshooters. It just it's what's gonna happen here. We're gonna have a really good battle for first and second. Yes, like whoever yes. who's gonna finish in first, and then it's gonna be who finishes in third and fourth is going to be the other battle because there's no way. I mean, there's yeah, five true. rounds. I don't know what our final structure is, but I'm assuming that I can't win five in a row or no one could win five in a row and catch up to you guys. Um, yeah, no, I think it, it, it's uh, round 20, I think, is the last round before finals. And there's four rounds of finals. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like, mm. uh, yeah, we're going to see some uh, nice movement in the middle uh, and it'll be a nice little battle between you and sharpshooters at the top. Oh, uh, well, who knows? There could be a, a bit of a dark horse and maybe that person is you, Liam, because you've, you've made your run. You've timed it to perfection. Um, but that, that brings us to the end of the show. But before we go, where can our listeners find us across our socials? Yes, on YouTube, if you search Supercoach Edge, don't forget to like and subscribe because you're going to have to, you don't want to watch me eating a very hot pie, apparently. Yeah, if people want it, if only if they want it. Otherwise, we're not going to go to the trouble of filming it. Um, I, I, I want to see it, Liam. And I, well, you know I'm what? happy because... to film it. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's just film it, and then if too bad if you it, don't want to watch it. Too bad you have to. It's, it's here. Yeah, it's not, here. No, it's here. not not even not even. It's fine. You don't have to. You just you have to. Or or maybe maybe if people don't want it, you can just start your own OnlyFans and you can put it yeah, up there, and people eating. can just pay for the ASMR type content yeah. of it. I'll um. I'll go talk to what's their name? What did I say? Gaffney Gaffney Pies, and I'll say yeah, if there's sense. some there's some weirdos out there that that yeah. want to hear me eat a, eat your pies. We can make exactly. some money here. We can make some good money, and people that that want want to see you like step into the pies barefooted, all that sort of stuff. Like you know, <laughs> and then have a microphone there with ASMR, so you get the best of both worlds. The nice. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, uh, yeah. After that, <laughs> anyway. uh, if you want to watch that, then uh, comment down below on YouTube and let us know through uh, through Twitter. Hit us yes. up. Yes. Moving on on Twitter, yeah. uh, you can hear uh, reach us at Supercoach underscore Edge, David at DamienJ eighty eight, and tell him if you want to hear uh, that AMSR. Uh, direct them directly at his DMs. And no, uh... <laughs> yours. In fact, I don't know what it's called, but I've seen some of the girls on Twitter. They've got some. I don't know what the link is called, but it's like check out my bio. There's like a link in there, oh, yeah. and you can send me money f- to pay for coffees and stuff, and lingerie and all that sort of stuff. So maybe oh, yeah. we'll set up that. Maybe yeah. as guys, we can we can start breaking the barriers and we can, you oh. know, the gender stereotypes. And we too, we too can revel in Get coffees. free money. <laughs> uh, you can anyway. reach me at, at Liam Evans underscore 95 
and on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, search Supercoach Edge, and you'll find us there. Very nice. Well, as always, if you love the content we provide, as you mentioned, Liam, make sure to let us know by subscribing to our YouTube channel and help us in our pursuit of hitting 1K by the end of the season. I think at the rate at the moment, uh, we might fall short by about 50 subscribers that we're going. Um, so we oh, need, the, need the rate to pick oh. up. We're getting the whip out and we're whipping furiously. Um, even if it takes, you know what? If we need to upload like these sort of videos <laughs> that we were just talking about, Liam, yeah. in order to get subscribers to, to, tap, into the A- to, say that, to tap into the ASMR community, then we'll do it. We'll do it. Let us know. Ooh. We won't degrade ourselves too badly, but you know, we'll, we'll do what it takes. Do what it takes. But anyway, that's it for another episode. <laughs> let's let's shut it off uh, before we delve into uh, just the depths of despair. Um, but thanks as always for tuning in. Hopefully, you survived coming out of the buys. But thankfully. No more buys to worry about. So if you uh, if you struggled, who cares? It's behind us now. So all the best for the round ahead, and we'll catch you same time, same place. We'll see you then. See you guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 